This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 121. The worst time to get a paycheck is when you don't need it. A strategy for RMDs. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey there, so glad to have you with me today. This is Mark Willis, your host with the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. There are plenty of average podcasts out there on your money, investments, whatever. We're here to throw a curveball, a changeup, a splitter, whatever, and to get us all thinking different about money and more. So again, welcome and so glad to be spending some of your important time with you today. And uh, again, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and happy upcoming new year. Can't believe it's already 2020. I feel like uh, you know we're living in the future. Well, wait, I guess we kind of are actually, right? Uh, at least as of this recording. So I've got some really fascinating, fun stuff to cover with you. I want to quickly remind you, if you haven't um, been up to our latest episodes, that our wonderful co-host, Holly Bach, has had her beautiful, lovely baby daughter. Her and her husband are enjoying some much-needed time off, and congratulations to you guys again. So uh, to you, our listener, it's it's going to be you and me today. I'm glad to be with you. So I've got some, I think, something that might wrinkle your brain just a little bit as we're wrapping up 2019 and getting ready for 2020. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we don't bring out uh, too many wrinkles and we can keep the iron close by. But I've got, a, I think, a really interesting concept that I'd love to share with you today. I get a lot of questions from clients who are asking information, feedback. Usually it's a surprise when they bring this concept up to me. They're asking me the question, what are required minimum distributions and how are they going to affect my finances? That's typically the question. So as a certified financial planner, I'm usually on the front lines seeking to provide you with ideas that will both hopefully inform you and also help you achieve your financial goals uh, without taking a bunch of unnecessary risks. And there are some unnecessary risks baked into required minimum distributions. So first of all, let's define the term. What are required minimum distributions? At their core, RMDs are pretty easy to grasp. You know, many retirement accounts, again, mostly tax-deferred traditional IRAs, employer-sponsored 401k plans, SEPs, KEOs, 403b plans, and the like are allowing us to take current deductions from taxes from our income tax and achieve a tax deferral until you start taking distributions out. That's the key idea. So traditional tax-deferred retirement accounts give us those tax-deductible contributions and then a tax-deferred retirement that can grow over decades, right? And in the right combination, it'll be a powerful way to add some retirement income. Unfortunately, it's not just you and me that know about this. Unfortunately, the government uh, was denied tax revenue, not only when you took that initial deduction off your income, but also as you grew your wealth, right, in that tax deferral status. Uh, so, you know, when you put 10 grand into your 401k last year, they didn't get any of the money off that. And as it grew and grew and grew, they didn't get any money year over year as that account continued to grow or shrink, as, it, as the case may be with the market. 
So along the way toward retirement, they've been waiting patiently. The IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, has been waiting patiently alongside the uh, retirement account as it's grown. And they, b- believe me, they know what's in there. So required minimum distributions are the government's way of being sure of ensuring or guaranteeing that they recover that tax revenue on the money that you sneakily, let's say, deducted and deferred. Yes, the Internal Revenue Service will get their fair share uh, in the form of ordinary income tax. That's how it works. Don't forget who created the tax-deferred retirement account. It's built right into the Internal Revenue Service IRC, the code, the tax code. Okay, the Internal Revenue Code says very clearly, here's how the rules of the road work with tax-deferred retirement accounts. So when do required minimum distributions become a problem for us? When do they become payable? Okay, so RMDs are payable the first year after you turn 70 and a half years old under current law, which of course might be changed by Congress at any time. So first of all, I'm not sure why this half of a year is so important, right? My three and a half year old daughter cares that she's three and a half, but somewhere around age three and a half, we stop caring about our half birthdays until we're 59 and a half years old Um, when we are now able to take money out of our 401ks without early withdrawal penalty. And most people know about the 59-and-a-half-year-old limit, right, that we cannot get our 401k money or IRA money out without early withdrawal penalty unless we've achieved that weird, wonderful half birthday, 59-and-a-half years old. And then we enter into this magical 11-year time zone. And I'm not sure why they chose these years, somebody way above my pay grade, I'm sure, But at age 70 and a half, that's when all of a sudden the government cares very much about whether or not you've started taking money out of that tax-deferred IRA that you've been hiding in your desk drawer all those many years. So more specifically, if you own an IRA or were a participant in a defined contribution plan like a 401k, the first required minimum distribution payment needs to be made on or before April 1st of the year following the year you turned 70 and a half years old. So if you turned 70 and a half years old in November, let's say, then the following April, it would be due, it would be required that you've taken money, withdrawn monies out of those IRAs, 401ks or whatever. So you can withdraw those funds before that age, right? Anytime after 59 and a half years old, you can be pulling money out of your 401k, IRA, whatever but you've got to be 59 and a half to withdraw them without any early withdrawal penalties. Now, if you've been on the other end of the spectrum and you've got more money in those IRAs, 401ks, whatever, then you need to spend on groceries, gas, or yachts and cruises in retirement, then RMDs are not going to be your friend. That's where they come into play. At age 70 and a half, the government's going to look carefully and ask you, did you take enough out of that 401k or IRA for you to satisfy our need for taxes. Now that's a surprise for a lot of people. Most people don't know about the 70 and a half deadline. Really what it is, is it's a deadline. You know, obviously you can take more than the required minimum distribution out of that 401k, but remember that you must take that required minimum distribution out. If you don't, they will actually put a 50% penalty, 5-0, penalty on the money you should have taken out but didn't out of your IRA, 401k, and whatnot. 
That's a big, big deal. So when you do take the money out as a withdrawal from your IRA, 401k, 403b, whatever, it's going to be exposed to the air of taxation for the first time in its life. It's finally, the money is born, right? It's out of, out into the world. And for the first time after you've deferred and delayed and delayed and deferred those dollars, now they've grown into this fairly, hopefully, large asset. And now they're going to be exposed as you take them out year over year in your retirement years. Now, you know, the government is no fool. Remember, they designed this. When do you think taxes are going to be higher? Right now or when you're 70 and a half years old? Let that sink in for a minute. They designed this tax deferred vehicle for a reason. They know and they're willing to wait to get the biggest bang on the buck, so to speak. And by the way, if you pass away with funds still left in your 401k, IRA, whatever, that are still left and subject to required minimum distributions, your spouse will actually be subject to RMDs based on their age, uh, assuming they are older than 70 and a half years old. And if you should have multiple accounts subject to RMDs, then the totals of these accounts are going to be added together to calculate the RMD that would be due to the to take out of those accounts. So they're literally forcing you to liquidate your retirement accounts over a specified number of years, whether you want it or not, right? It's the paycheck you didn't ask for. It's the one time you don't want that paycheck. Uh, so you can take that required amount out of any one of those multiple retirement accounts, but you must account for all of your tax-deferred accounts when calculating your required minimum distribution. So let's take a moment, let's take a pause. Let's actually see how this works in the real world. So let's take an example of how to calculate that RMD amount. And I promise you're not gonna need a calculator here. I'll do all the work here for you. But I just wanna show you an example of how this RMD problem, if I can call it that, or landmine or surprise um, works. Okay, so let's assume that you have done the great job of building and accumulating $400,000 in your 401k at the end of 2017. And let's say you turned 70 and a half, 70 and a half on, in, in that same year. So in 2018, you're gonna need to take some money out of that 401k. And you haven't done so yet because you've been living on whatever, real estate income or something else. Okay, so based on the Uniform Lifetime IRS table, your life expectancy factor is 25.6. Okay, so you don't have to worry about that number, but basically what it means is, according to where you are right now, your life expectancy is It's gonna be multiplied by a factor uh, over and against divided by your $400,000 fund balance. So take 400,000 divided by 25.6, the result or the quotient is your RMD. That's your required minimum distribution. So basically in, in the 2018 year, right, last year, the RMD from your 401k account would be $15,625. Keep that number in mind. That's $15,625. That would be the money that would have to come out of your 401k by force and be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Okay, so that's about 4% of your overall uh, 401k retirement balance. Okay, so side note, just a really quick side note. If your spouse is the sole beneficiary of your IRA or 401k, and if he or she is more than 10 years younger than you, there would be a separate table used. But for simplicity's sake, let's just talk about the $15,625 that's being squeezed out of that lemon, so to speak, 
out of that $400,000 401k. Okay, so for some individuals, that required minimum distribution may result in them having to withdraw more money than they need to live on. It might even force you to pay taxes on money you didn't need this year, but the government was tired of waiting for. Okay, so that might push you into a higher tax bracket. It might even cause your Social Security to be taxed, and it might even increase your Medicare premiums. Okay, um, so on a tax basis, there's some problems there, some big landmines. It shoves you, it's sort of like a tax torpedo, you might say. It shoves you into a higher bracket. It forces you to pay taxes on otherwise free, so to speak, uh, free uh, government benefits like Social Security or Medicare premiums. And as you age, that annual withdrawal amount goes up each year. So it starts at $15,625 in that first year. But if you're still hanging around on this side of heaven, as you get older, that RMD keeps going up higher and higher and higher. For example, by age 82, now the government is going to ask you to take not $15,000, but $24,000 out of that account with the goal of you spending all of that money out of that retirement account before you die. They're done with the deferral. They want you to spend that cash. Now, there's one or two other really quick points I want to make here. If you have stocks, real estate, whatever it is, inside your 401k or IRA, and maybe there's a market crash or correction or the prices are just suppressed for any other reason, and you're being forced, required to take money out, doesn't that mean you're going to have to sell at a pretty terrible time? You're going to have to get rid of some stocks at a suppressed price. You're going to have to sell those real estate like a fire sale, you know, inside your self-directed IRA or 401k just to satisfy the required minimum distributions. Maybe that's not a great time to buy or sell, right? Maybe that's a terrible time to sell your real estate or your stocks. But again, the RMD, uh, the required minimum distribution, does not care. It doesn't look at market timing. It just wants that uh, that factor, that income factor to spend down your account while you're still, you know, with us up to your life expectancy. So, you know, again, there's something else I guess I'd like to just mention as a side note. What happens if you live past your life expectancy? Okay. What if you wanted to keep that money in case of emergency or long-term care? Again, the government does not care. They are, they're simply doing their job, paying, the pot, paying to fill the potholes and, and doing the services that they do so well. But if you had other plans for that cash, there's not a lot much you can do about it. It's going to get taxed, and then hopefully you can put it somewhere where it won't get taxed again. More on that in a minute. Okay, so what happens if you live past your life expectancy and run out of cash in that 401k or need it for long-term care? And as another side note, if you're a keen listener, I'm sure you are, I'm sure you remember that Wall Street formally recommended what's called the 4% rule. And I mean Wall Street, I mean kind of like average financial planning. Okay, the 4% rule. For the geeks listening, like me, uh, you'll know that that 4% is kind of the idea. What's the safe amount of my money I should take out of my retirement account to make sure I don't outlive my cash, to make sure I don't outlive my net worth or my, my spending accounts or my retirement accounts. 4%. That's what they really recommended, especially in the 90s, early 2000s. Now we know that the 4% rule, as it happens, you know, taking 4% of your money out each year, only gives you a 50-50 shot of success. Literally, one in two people taking 4% of their account balance out 
each year will run out of money before they run out of birthday candles. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. The best economic research now says we shouldn't take more than 2.8% out of our retirement accounts. Now, that's a big shift, a big change. So most economic research is saying 2.8%. The government's required minimum distributions table starts us at 4% and then creeps us up to higher and higher numbers as, as we live longer. So, for example, it gets us up to 6.5% a decade later after we've started taking those required minimum distributions. So the government seems to think that we're still living in the 4% rule world. And, you know, we're, we're just not. You know, it's, it's now, and, and worse, they creep it up to 6.5%. You know, if the government adopted a 4% worldview, um, this is why I'm, I'm guessing that that RMD schedule starts us off at 4%. But we haven't updated, you know, they really haven't updated their formula to account for that new lower 2.8% rule. Does this sound arcane? Does it sound like it doesn't matter? It'll matter tremendously once you're forced to take that money out faster than you wish and possibly, you know, most likely run out of money in those accounts if uh, the latest economic research is correct. There's one more thing I'll just quickly bring up and then I'll show you some ideas for how to deal with the paycheck you never asked for, as we call it, the required minimum distribution. There's a new act uh, a, a proposal, I guess, going through Congress that'll most likely get snuck into a spending bill at the end of this year. So in fact, I'm recording this in November. It might actually have already passed. Who knows? Usually Congress gets pretty busy at the end of the year, but it's called the SECURE Act. SECURE. That's one of those wonderful words that you know we um, hear from our, uh, our elected officials that usually uh, hides the true nature of whatever it is they're passing. Uh, in that particular bill. So the SECURE Act means that if you should pass away with money in an IRA, let's say, and let's say it goes to your kids, you know, a non-spouse beneficiary, for example, your kids or charity, that that uh, particular beneficiary, your kiddos, would have to spend that money, force them to spend the money, not over their life expectancy or yours, but over just 10 years, over just 10 years, forcing them to take that money out. That means that your kids would have to pay taxes on your money, usually at the apex of their earning years, when they can least afford to pay the taxes. Think about that. When are you most likely going to pass away? Well, usually it's around the age that your children are in their 50s, maybe their you know, late 40s, early 50s, whatever. And right when they're earning the most income they might ever make in their lifetime is the year you're going to dump, a, let's say, a million-dollar IRA in their laps. And let's say it was growing at 6%. Your children will have an RMD, a required minimum distribution of $125,000 on top of all of their other taxable income. That's going to penalize them at the highest rate. And it'll penalize your cash, your hard-earned savings. You know, your ta top tax bracket today, what is it, 37%, throw 8% uh, taxes on there for state. Now we're looking at almost half of your IRA money gone to the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service. And it's essentially dissipated before your kids can even enjoy the cash, okay? So those are some important things to be paying attention to. These required minimum distributions are a sneaky viper at the back door of your retirement accounts. And definitely be sure to notice that it's there as you're plugging money into a 401k or IRA if you have to do that, okay? So here are some ideas. How do we avoid that hidden viper in the back room of your 401k? Here's some ideas to consider. For any of, uh, of you listening who maybe you're in your late to mid 50s, 
maybe try to start looking at and estimating what your required minimum distribution exposure might be by your age 70 and a half. You know, if it appears that more money may be exposed to ordinary income tax at that time, usually you and I can sit down and, and look at taking some steps right now to minimize that impact of RMDs over a variety of financial vehicles, strategies like the bank on yourself concept or other Roth conversions to help improve your tax efficiency. Okay. So if you're in your mid to late fifties, I'd recommend chatting with us about that. If, uh, for example, you're in your early to mid sixties, maybe we can build a future-based distribution plan. Yeah, you can actually do that. You can take that money out at the minimum when you're forced to at age 70. But if you're in your early to mid sixties, maybe we decide to take out more than needed than you need to spend at the grocery store so that your financial life is arranged so that by the time you hit age 70 and a half, you won't have any retirement account cash, quote unquote, to speak of. It'll all be protected in retirement accounts that aren't subject to that required minimum distribution. There's a lot of retirement vehicles out there that don't have that little uh, viper at the back end of your retirement plan. So I can help you with that and discerning what the right platforms, options, vehicles might look like. So to make life easier, are there multiple accounts that we could maybe consolidate for ease of tracking and projecting and spending? So if you're still working at age 70 and a half, your 401k plan might actually permit you to roll over IRA accounts into your, uh, out of your employer's plan and into a private IRA. By doing so, you will not need to take RMDs until you terminate your employment. Okay? Once you begin taking required minimum distributions, if you don't need all the money to cover your living expenses, I can also help you in reinvesting the distribution, the required minimum distribution, into a strategy that could maybe cover some of your expenses, maybe unanticipated expenses, like medical expenses or college funding for your grandkids, or maybe a, a means of leaving a substantial legacy for your children through the use of life insurance policies. This strategy creates a tax-free legacy for your children. So we're not worried about the SECURE Act if it's in a life insurance policy. You know, you're not worried about having to spend, your children having to spend your retirement cash over a 10-year period if it's in a life insurance policy. So remember, when it goes into a life insurance policy, it's going to build up protected, guaranteed cash values. And it will allow you to fund the policy with the required minimum distribution. You're taking advantage of today's historically low ordinary income tax rates and plugging that money into a never taxed again, if designed correctly under current law, never taxed again life insurance account. So let's use an example for, for, for a little bit of fun as we wrap up this episode. Let's say, for example, that you back to that original number of, of uh, $400,000 in your 401k. Okay. And let's say that you're now being forced at age 70 to take $15,625 after the year you turned 70 and a half years old. So that's the same number we talked about earlier in this episode. But rather than just taking the money out and socking it into a savings account or CD, which by the way, the CD would be taxed every single year as you held it for the rest of your life. Remember CDs, savings accounts, they don't pay you a lot of interest, but the bank will send you a, <laughs> a tax report a 1099 on the little bit of interest you did earn over there at the bank. Um, on the other hand, if you put that money into a bank on yourself designed whole life policy, that money won't be taxed every year. And once it's in there, if it's designed correctly, the cash value could be accessed totally tax-free under current law and the death benefit would be income tax-free as well. 
So you could leave your family, by use of the death benefit, far more than $400,000, the original amount pre-tax that you had in your retirement plan. In, in addition, you could, in essence, recapture the taxes the government was going to have to take from you as you were forced to pull those dollars, those funds, the $15,625, out of your retirement plan. Pretty cool, right? Let's see the numbers in action. And I'll include some of these numbers in our show notes. So let's use the number of $15,625. Let's put that money into a whole life policy. Let's design it all the way for uh, leaving a legacy. So this is not a bank on yourself, early cash value type policy. Certainly not. It's designed for someone in their later years who doesn't need the cash. They didn't need it in the first place. They were being forced to take the money out by the government out of their 401k. Where's the right place to put it for our future, for our legacy? So we start socking that 15625 into a whole life policy. And year one, we have the remaining $400,000 balance in the IRA. You know, we take 15000 out and we fund the life insurance. By year two, now we've got, you know, a death benefit of $230,000. And we've got the remaining IRA balance. Pretty cool, right? Uh, which is still in the 390s, essentially. So now you've got the death benefit of 230000 and you've got another 390000 in IRA balance. Pretty cool. By year 12, when you're 84 years old, and I just chose that year, possibly that was your life expectancy, your moment when you got your wings, when you graduate on us, let's say, your remaining IRA balance is $347,000 and your death benefit is $257,000 for a grand total of $605,000 you could leave your family. Which of those two numbers would you rather leave? A taxable $400,000 that your kids are going to have to spend over a 10-year period, let's say, if the SECURE Act passes, or a $605,000 legacy. Some of that is still taxable in the IRA, but some of that money at that year, 257, over a quarter million dollars would be income tax-free. And by the way, the longer you live, the more that lump sum would be moved into the death benefit and left to your heirs income tax-free. That is an awesome way to turn what might be a negative, the required minimum distribution viper, into something positive that you could leave your family more and more wealth than you ever saved for them. You know, we went from 400000 to 600000 uh, by growing the money safely outside of the market and away from the assault of taxation. So this is a pretty complex financial topic. And certainly you'll be benefited from working with someone who understands it and who can show you how that would make your money work most efficiently for you. If you want to learn more about this, I do have some time coming up in the next few weeks as January gets started. Let's get this going. You know, this might be the first year that you're exposed to the required minimum distribution, or maybe you have parents or friends that are going to be exposed to this strategy. I'd love to speak with them or you about that as a second opinion uh, about some of these strategies. So just call my office uh, and you can speak with me or one of my associates at 1-800-962-9141, or you can go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click on request a meeting We'll have a 15-minute free chat, no, no, um, no cost at all. Happy to discuss this strategy in, in detail with you if you'd like. Uh, last of all, we want to just ask you quickly, let us know if this is a big old scam. We want to know about it. The question of the month is, is Bank on Yourself a scam? I think there's you know, plenty of uh, folks out there that would like to believe it is. In fact, I certainly thought so when I first heard about it years ago. 
but I'd love to know from you. You know, go to www.speakpipe.com slash NYAFP. We'll include that link in our show notes. And we'd love to know, is Bank on Yourself a scam? That's going to be an upcoming episode we do. And we'd love to get your voice, your thoughts, your words on the concept. Okay, so wonderful, great having you with me today. Have a wonderful balance to 2019 and a great happy new year to 2020 if you're listening to this after the, the changeover, as it were. Uh, And so I can't wait to see what's next. And thank you again for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.